listening to Around Comics. And for the first time in years, I am recording and sitting next to my partner in crime, Mr. Brian Salazar. What's up, buddy? Hi. Look at us. I know. Together We're again. in the same room in my basement. It's like peanut butter and jelly and in my dog basement. And there's my dog just drinking water. Best noisily. dog in the world. Best dog in the world. It is. is it, do we have? Do we have a, a caters on the line? Caters coming. He's he's. He'll yeah. be here soon. He. Yeah, did, I forgot time. to send him the link. And then yeah. Long, I mean, long, was, long is long time first time ready to go. <laughs> long time first time Tom. <laughs> we uh, yeah we don't have Tom unfortunately here but that's okay. So I am I am back in Chicagoland from Milwaukee. I've got some job stuff and we were talking about it and it's like oh last week uh, recorded out of the uh, the hotel room. Well, it's just like being in your basement though. The dogs watch. The dogs are running around, wanting the pets. You didn't have to go. Give the listeners what they demand. Sal's dog, because he is awesome. Uh, So yeah, I was able to to come down to uh, suburban Chicago and uh, and come to my my good friend's house. And here we are. It's a little dark. There you go. Yeah. Um, because we will be talking about Sal's uh, Batcave. No, tonight. we will not be no, talking we're about... absolutely going to be talking no, about Sal's Batcave now that I have gotten the, the full experience. it's. I think this is the first time I've been in your basement. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it is the first time you've mm-hmm. ever been here. There's Tom. Hey, Tom. There's Tom. What's going on? Not much. Oh, there you go. Hi. So, Tom, we were just talking about Sal's basement. It's the first okay. time I've ever been here. Um, just want to let you know that there is a dinosaur and a gigantic penny over on this side. In the Sal cave. The Sal cave. Yes. Yeah. So, here we are. It's like we're all in the same metro area. We should have got Tom here. We could have got you over yeah. here. You know, We're watching the Bucks game after this, bud. Oh, that's all right. I, had to, I just got back from taking my son to swim practice. It would have been, it would have been complicated. <laughs> a complicated journey. Yeah. Oh wait, mm. I turned. I turned. I'm trying to turn the volume up, and I okay. turned it off. Turn him off. Um, hi, Thomas. How are you doing, hey, bud? I'm good. It's not working. Ah, sorry. I'm a little distracted. I, he's, I'm not he's... used to having someone in my basement with me when I'm doing a podcast. This is weird. Tom, we've got completely uh, zoo crew on this. I'm going to be the person that's going to. Completely throw off the producer, and you're gonna you got a soundboard of like sound effects, like a fart noise, and yeah, it's great. But no, it's 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 a little old timey feel, which is great. Old timey, it's old timey feel. Yeah, old timey around comics. Yeah, when was classic? Any of us recorded from the same room? It's years. I mean, pre-pandemic. Yeah. Been a long so it time. was a different time. It was a different era <laughs> of around comics. Classic around comics. Mm-hmm. 
we need Beatty in here. Um, so anyway, uh, this is Around Comics. We are a podcast that talks about comic books and comics culture. And I'm going to get the Patreon stuff out of the way real quick we're gonna get as we're close. getting cameras. We're going to get way closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we do we do have uh, a Patreon, which you can go to at uh, patreon.com slash comics. And you can get all sorts of extra around comics coverage and thoughts and opinions and all that stuff. So that's uh, that's enough. To, I, you got a, a Tom versus coming up, Tom? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I may do an we'll interview see. or two. One of these days. Uh, this week I'll do one. We do, is this the week? Is this the week for 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 the uh, Tarantino podcast? Yes, finally, Cable Super Sounds of the it's happening. This week I'm excited. I'm. Uh, I was just telling Chris I'm basically ready to quit talking about comics and just do movie just like, podcasts. Done. Way more fun. It's and so all of the listeners out there that hate me and I can understand why. Please understand that I'm the person that 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 holds this entire um, derelict stage car together uh, because Sal is ready to quit every other week. Uh, no, that's not true. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm not. I, I, I just, it just is a weird, like, we're in such a weird thing. We used to, you know, we used to do the show every Friday night from, you know, Dark we started Tower, Dark Tower yeah. and then went to Challengers and, and, you know, we would read the weekly comics, like, on Thursday. We yeah. would, you know, mm-hmm. get our comics on Wednesday. We'd read everything on Thursday and Friday we would yeah. talk about I don't care anymore that much about. Well, I don't, you know, like I don't want to do that. Like I yeah. do, like try and find something to talk about, but it's yeah. like this weird thing of like, you know. I, but yeah, who gives a shit, right? Like I, yeah. I, 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 I have to stop thinking about it like from that perspective. I think, I think there is a niche for the uh, the the busy comic book fan that understands that if you read like two books a week, you know what? Still in the game. Well, the funny yeah. thing is, is I've talked to people that listen to the show, and the reason they listen to the show is because they don't read comics, and they kind of want to just know what's going on in the industry. We're and- wrong. <laughs> we don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> we have no idea. We have no idea. But I think we should just start making it up. Just, yeah. Just, 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 yeah, fun. You know, John sure. Byrne died today. Did you hear that? Whoa. Hey, that's not <laughs> funny. Come on. Well... Um, before we do start talking, I do have comics, a comic to talk about, and I know Tom, you have some something to talk about too. Chris hasn't read anything because he's starting new jobs. Okay, that's the excuse. Anyway, I can tell you a lot about security and surveillance equipment and access. Did you join the CIA? Maybe. Oh, you're finally going to be NSA. I'm working with Tom King. We have a thing. This is all the long game of you to finally just work with Ed Brubaker or uh, with uh, Greg Rucka. That's what it is, right? I don't know. It's you know I'm kind of off the Rucka train and more on the Tom King train. So I'm going. Oh my! Oh wow! CIA. CIA. Former CIA. Um. One time uh, there was um there was like a job fair when I was in college in Madison, and the NSA had a table. Yeah, there. This is before 9-11. So this is pre um the terrorists winning. And uh and uh I was like, maybe I should apply to work at the NSA. I, I didn't, but I it was an intriguing they just have like a table set up. I thought like, about the FBI, like ah, I could do that, you know, the black suit you know. and talking to my wrist. 
that kind of stuff. I'm like, I, I think I could still, I could probably still pass the physical, you know, like, let's, let's go. Yeah. I got, let's, let's do it. I can still be it. No, couldn't. No, no, no. You've aged out. Oh, well, they, they want the, but I have wisdom. I have, uh, no. no. All right. Well, that's okay. Well, anyway, I wanted us to, uh, enjoy something this week. I, I caught a glimpse of, and I only watched a few seconds of it <laughs> because I was like, we have to, I have to hear what Tom thinks about this, and I want I want a reaction. Listen, brother, play this. This is really this movie. I mean, it's it's got a comic book connection because it's Stephen Amell mm -hmm. who played Green Arrow on yep. this Arrow show, uh, and it's a movie he's coming out with. For, on I think it's coming out on Stars, and it's called Heels. It's basically the concept, I believe. Well, I don't I don't want to talk about. It, so let's just roll, let's just roll roll clip. And, uh, and and see what we have to say about it. You gotta be able to take the heat. You need to learn how to separate you, the character, from you, the person. They all cheer for me? They cheer for the character. The character I play. The character I created. Make it right, Jack. He's your brother. I'm aware. And I... Never turns out good. I will be king. Your dad built a cathedral to a local pastime. And you, they're coming tonight because they trust me to tell them a better story than what they have to live with every day. Okay. Well, maybe you should spend some time with Thomas. I haven't finished the script. <laughs> Son playing outside by us. Ain't about winning or losing. Make them love you. Make them love hate you. We got kids to come to the show, Ace. What's the matter? You afraid I'm gonna go off script? What'd you say? No one makes their living from wrestling but anymore. We can, I can. Heroes. The locker room's for wrestling, not ballets. I'm not just a ballet. I can wrestle. Ace can succeed at the highest level. It's a natural. It's in his blood. Are you taking me with you? After I make it big, I could come back. You never gonna see Duffy again. Point, right? You need to send him a message. Like Esau and Jacob. And the Lord oh, said unto her, oh, no. two nations are in our world. I like that they purposely the made the poster look like garbage. <laughs> the young. Jacob had the guts to wrestle with God. How about you? I find that anger is more useful than grief. Man, this is long. That's my belt you wear. You want this belt? Come and get it. Well, we could be that always used to say, hold it together, Ace. <laughs> hold it together. Just for one day. Try. We could be both a couple of losers, like your old man. Come on, come on. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, for a second there, I was almost Just buying into this. <laughs> I waited for the old guy to say, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge Hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, I just, I just really wanted to enjoy that with you guys. I just thought yeah. that was, I, I, that was America, Sal. Spend time with your son. America. Oh, my son. <laughs> Maybe you should spend more time with your son instead of writing wrestling. Wrestling. 
Is that even how you write wrestling? Like with a word document? Like with a word document? I guess someone's got to write something down. It just it feels like. I a... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I yeah. I, I guess yeah, I keep track of something. Guys that have been writers, like didn't um Bob Mold, Bob, Bob Mold, yeah. WWF. So did for uh, a couple years. The guy from Smashing Pumpkins. He owns. Oh, Corgan. Yeah, Billy Corgan wrote stuff for the you know and and there's been guys that have been writers for uh yeah i i it seems like a ridiculous horrible looking movie but then like the more i think about it it's like well that it happens. is wrestling <laughs> it is yeah <laughs> i i well we both work with a guy that uh is a local oh local wrestling kind of yeah. legend wrestler uh you know to some degree underground uh vic capri Oh, that's right. And uh, he's still doing it. And he's like yeah. 47 years old and still out there. Well, old uh, old friend of the show, uh, Matt Burden. Um, was a wrestler? In, no, he is a promoter. In, is he? In England. Well, that's right. He, that's he right. ran yeah, a, yeah. An, an amateur. Well, I don't Wrestling. know if it's amateur. I, we should, I should holler at Matt. Um, I still no, it was, it's amateur. You gotta do it. <laughs> it was an amateur. It was an amateur wrestler. Just embrace your heel turn. <laughs> In Some rinky dink amateur Robert. wrestling. Yeah. You take that wrestling serious in England now. It's theater. It is. It's theater, theater in England, isn't it? I don't know. Um, what do we have? We have comments here. I can't see. Yeah, Wayne. Um, oh, uh, Joe. Uh, Joe. The, the uh, two of you in the same room. It's just like it's a very, it's a weird energy. It is. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joe says, "Welcome to Georgia." Welcome to Georgia. Why isn't these aren't they're not showing up for some reason? Oh well. No more comments. Yeah. Sorry. It's not working today. Uh and Wayne said, uh, our good friend Wayne, who who always uh chimes in, uh he says, Didn't we already see this? And it was called The Wrestler. And I will say no, because the wrestler was actually a good movie. It was, it was a good movie. Yeah. Although I, you know, it's interesting with Mickey Rourke now. Mickey Rourke was such a talented actor. And I guess he still is, but he's so bizarre looking <laughs> in what he can do. Like, you know, wrestler, former, you know, he has narrowed down the villain in a superhero movie. Able yeah. to be in yeah. super superhero villains. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Those are the two super villain <laughs> wrestlers. Those are the two things you can do now. It's too bad that makes, like the cheesy, like Vincent Price horror movies, because he could have been like you know the goon in one in those movies, or you could play a hockey goon. You know, there's never enough hockey goon movies. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about movies and and so, there is, have you seen Goon? Yes, I have. Great have you seen movie? Have you seen Goon Two? I've not seen Goon. <laughs> well, then you don't know what you're talking about. Goon was a great movie. No, Goon was. I don't know if it was a great it was a movie. really good. It was movie. an entertaining film. It was a very entertaining way yeah. to spend your Saturday. Would you consider it cinema? <laughs> I almost <laughs> <did Rupert. laughs> um, uh, no. <laughs> a fine piece of cinema. Lowbrow entertainment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Authentic, lowbrow entertainment. I don't know how I think it was a very authentic movie. That goon? I thought goon was a very authentic movie based on a true story, Sal. Based on is the key there. I don't know that it was what authentic. else do you need? What else do you need? Based on a true story, dude. 
the the guy got punched in the face seventy five times and then got up and well, he was away. a goon. That's yeah, what that he gets doesn't happen to goons. They get hit a couple of times and they go down and that's and then somebody I breaks miss it up. this so much. Being able to sit next to you. It was like a it was like a Rocky style boxing match where everyone just like lands like bone crunching shots just like that would knock people out oh. <laughs> like one after another better than goon well of yeah no shit what are the best high what's the best is slap shot the best hockey movie uh i'm i'm such a girl i really liked uh mystery alaska i like mystery alaska yeah. i don't know that it's better than slap shot it's probably honestly it's probably a better movie mighty ducks mighty ducks i like um uh what's the the rob low one uh Shoot, I can't think of the name of it. I did now. like what was it, the cutting edge where they uh was it DB Sweeney that uh, became a figure skater? That was yeah, I guess that's a <laughs> hockey movie, kind of. No, what's the Rob Lowe oh, oh. shit? Love story. The guy is a hockey player. <laughs> oh, what is the Rob Lowe hockey movie? I can't think of it. It's a really good movie. It's actually and Patrick Swayze's in it. Oh he's the hot shot, like older veteran. He's the heel. Uh, no, he's not the heel. He's actually like, he would be the Sam, uh, what's the guy with the mustache from Roadhouse? Oh, uh, uh, he's the Sam Elliott to Patrick Swayze's Roadhouse character mm-hmm. in in, do, do, in this movie. He would be Dalton. The, Dalton. Yeah, he's the he's yeah. I thought he'd be taller. Uh, the fuck is in it? Young blood. Young blood. Oh yeah, Rob Lowe. Young blood. Nineteen eighty six. One of my favorite hockey movies. Yeah, greatest year in comics history. Nineteen eighty six. Yep. Imagine sitting in the theater, reading Watchmen. The lights go down, and Young Blood starts playing. <laughs> Young blood. Nineteen eighty six. In the mall. Yeah. Yep. You've just been to the arcade. Aladdin's castle. I was. 15 gold mine that was the arcade on uh, port plaza mall in green bay what was it the gold mine gold mine nice that was the arcade that was the arcade yeah i still i still have a couple aladdin's castle tokens at home i don't think i have any i can't even remember talk about a dead currency i can't even remember the name of the arcade gat galaga gat no, it was something like Galaga or Gal. There was an arcade across the street from my house and uh, my apartment in Madison called Ping Time. It was pretty cool. They had a lot of pinball machines. They had a Doctor Who pinball machine. There's a great arcade in Brookfield, Galloping Ghost. It's like fifty. It's it's. I think it is now the largest collection of working stand-up arcade games in the world. Um, and it's like. 15 bucks and you can play for as long as you want i've been there it's, it's awesome yeah. it's really fun and yep. there's a bar across the street so you can go mm-hmm. get a nice nice uh what was i gonna look up i just forgot greatest comic book arcade game <laughs> teenage mutant ninja turtles oh, or x-men x-men tmnt gotta admit but. At the roll, it's 1988. I'm at the roller rink. There's, <laughs> I'm at the roller rink. Roller rink. It's a class trip. Now, 
Okay, so are you in the corner, like looking cool, or are you? I'm not, I'm no, 1988. I'm not cool at all. I'm <laughs> ten years. I'm ten years old. I am just a horrible, horrible dork. Am I ten years old, or maybe I'm slightly older? Anyway, the one arcade game at the what? uh at what? the what? roller rink is Teenage Mutant oh, Ninja Turtles. I'm sorry, Chris. What were you trying to say over me? As a 16-year-old guy hitting on the younger girls there, the the really good skater who was like 16 and he worked oh. at the roller rink oh, and hit on the hit on the younger girls. We all hated that guy. That him wasn't and, him and his skating backwards and limboing. Sorry, but what were you saying about the video game? So glad you interrupted him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm absorbing my heel my heel turn. I'm just gonna let you talk until you <laughs> until you're done. I'm done. Anyway, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the arcade, the only arcade game at the roller rink, and I fucking killed it. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. I was great at it. Teenage Mutant the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. I don't remember it. I might have been out of arcades at that point. Oh. I'm older than you guys, so it was like yeah. one of the four player games. Yeah. yeah. So I was playing like competitive pong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean Belunker. My favorite game was probably I love the Tron game. Mm. That was pretty sweet. Uh Defender. Like the uh, what was the other one? Burger Dragon game. Slayer. Dragon Slayer, Slayer was fucking. Oh, I, Dragon Slayer was the hardest goddamn game to play. Like it was impossible to get anywhere in that game. But I mean, it was Don Bluth cartoon yeah. animation. It was yeah. awesome. It look. was a money suck. Yeah, oh for sure. Like, I'm gonna take like ten dollars, which was a lot of fucking money at that time, and I'm gonna play Dragon Slayer for like a half hour. It was that game was designed to yeah. suck quarters out of your pocket. Don yeah. Bluth had you know. Probably like kids in college, you had to pay for or something. Yeah, dollar Don Bluth. You know, ten dollar Don Bluth. Uh, you remember? Give him your money. I don't remember Vortex. Vortex. Oh, was that? Oh, yeah, the dial, the, the spinny one. Uh, yeah, I like that yeah, one. That was yeah. a good one. I was actually pretty good at that one. Yeah, yeah. I was. I actually, I kind of always sucked at video games, though. I was never. I don't remember a video game that I was ever like really good at. I would kind of just sucked I, at them. I would own people on on Super Mario Brothers. I was not. I was more of a tactile. Now you put me. In, you put me in front of an air hockey table. I'm mm. fucking lighting people up. <laughs> I will. Yeah. To this day, I will smoke people at air hockey. Still, I can. Nice. I can imagine the aggression. Oh uh, yeah, I love the hit <laughs> shit, man. It was like there's bloody knuckles coming out of that one. <laughs> All right, so Tom. Let's bring that. Let's bring this back to comics. I think you had something you had read. This uh, yeah, I I read uh, two things this week. I read crossover, the first couple of issues by uh, uh, Donnie Cates and uh, oh, now I'm going to say Greg Schwartz. That might be wrong though. Now Shaw. that I just well, oh Greg Shaw. Yes, yes, Jeff, yes. Jeff Shaw. Jeff Jeff Shaw. Oh God, it's so embarrassing. No, 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 what it's like to be you guys. <laughs> yeah, I remember, can't remember the names of who I'm talking about. So I read a couple yeah, issues of that. Now, huh, buddy? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And uh, I read Not All Robots 
by uh, Mark Russell and uh, 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 Mike Diodato. I read that as well, and I have a lot to say about that one. Let's talk. Let's talk about that one then. You want to talk about that? All right. Let me. Yeah. I was gonna try and pull up a preview of it, but I couldn't really find one on the AWA site. But that's all right. Yeah, Mark Russell and and um, Mike Diodato Jr., who has been lying to us all this time, and his name is not actually Mike Diodato. Mike Diodato at all. It's something he's like Portuguese, um, but that's okay. It's pending. Uh, yeah, not all robots. So I read it. I read it. Um, I liked it so much. I wanted to find out a little bit more about it. And I, um, I, uh, I read an interview about it. Mark Russell was talking about it, and because I read it, and I was like, "Wow, this is a really interesting book. A lot of concepts. It's funny. It's dark. Um, and basically, like the 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 concept is, it's in the future." Uh, mankind has created AI and automated robots to take over, you know, all the menial tasks of the world and make life easier. But it has basically relegated human beings to sort of pets. Everyone has a <laughs> robot that lives with them and, and goes to work and earns money and they don't do anything. People just like live lives of, of sort of leisure, but also something has happened where they live in bubble cities because the rest of the world is sort of, cataclysmic and people die outside of the bu bubble city so there's like bubble atlanta bubble orlando bubble and you live in that city and and uh and you have these robots work for you but the robots are you know artificial intelligence and they have emotions and they hate their jobs and they <laughs> don't miserable. like humans and um it's a really interesting sort of you know, first issue that really kind of talks about a lot of things that we sort of are dealing with in our current state of life, where we are this service industry, you know, we, we create, and he, he talks about it in this interview, he talked about like the idea that, you know, we're sort of creating our own demise. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's what the robots kind of talk about, like humans created robots, and then the robots are now taking over the planet basically and it's this weird cycle of, like the robots are then creating better robots to replace themselves and it's just this continuing sort of thing where they, they and eventually it turns into kill lock well yeah but um and i couldn't help it because i read it and then i couldn't help to think about fucking bezos going yeah to, yeah going into space today like I, that struck me as so bizarre of like, you know, we all shop on amazon.com and we're basically paying this billionaire to leave the planet, eventually leave us behind. Like that's what, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's what these guys Did are doing. Come back? Yeah. He come this time, but they're, I mean, that's what these guys are working towards. They're, they're, they're working towards leaving the planet because yeah, they're going to be like, see you later dudes. Yeah. <laughs> We're paying to have that happen. We're paying for our own demise. We're, we're creating one, one package at a time. Yeah. And it's like this bizarre fucking thing. But, you know, he talks in the book, you know, these robots, the, the one family, they're the Walters and their robot is Razorball. I don't know why <laughs> robots have like killer. Great. They all have like the names you'd expect a robot to have in a comic book. 
like Slicotron yeah. and like yeah. just like villain robot names, you know, right. like that the Fantastic Four would fight or something, you know, like Rage Ball. Yeah, exactly. Rage Ball is is this family's robot, and he goes to work every day at this factory that makes other robots, and he hates it. He's miserable, and he's living this sort of like he's having this sort of crisis, you know, this midlife crisis as a robot where he doesn't really like the family that he works for. They don't, they don't like appreciate him him or respect him. And it's also Russell talked about in the interview and I didn't catch it at first, but I I got it after, but he talked about it being the original concept in the title. Not all robots was, was sort of a metaphor for toxic masculinity. Not all men, not all (laughs) men are, you know, toxic. And, uh, and you get that, you, you sort of get that, you know, idea in the book of like you know the men are the robots and then the the humans are you know the people dealing with the toxic um you know masculinity of like just shut off your emotions just take out your emotion chip yeah your empathy if you change your empathy chip then you can live like live like a king yeah That's what that one robot says another robot buddy is like urging him to 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 you know and I don't want to spoil the whole thing because the book doesn't even come out. I don't think for uh, maybe a month. Yeah, uh, but it was really who's good. It, who's it being published by? It's uh, AWA, okay. which is where um, the dude that used to be at Marvel, uh, the guy that used to run Marvel, Stanley, not Stan, <laughs> Jack <laughs> Kirby. Uh, I can't oh Wade? No. no, 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 no. That's the. It's oh, eh, I don't want to do that. Um. What's his name? Oh, Alonzo? Yes. Okay. It's he's I know I'd get there eventually. Yeah. Okay. Axel Alonzo yeah. runs AWA. Okay. Um, and yeah, this is Mark Russell who did Prez. He did the Prez that we yeah. he did that. He did the Snagglepuss Chronicles. He did the Flintstones reboot. And it's all been very interesting. He's a he's a different kind of voice in comics than than most everyone else color me intrigued yeah but i don't know how if you i assume you liked it tom it seems like something you would like oh yeah it was great i thought it was awesome you know like the yeah just like the little detail parts of it and just like how you know when we we read prez and we were like oh god like how he kind of nailed so many things that actually did happen when there was like an actual plague that book. like how people would react to, <laughs> react to it as a you know like years beforehand and it's sort of yeah like in the you know i didn't even think about the jeff bezos thing when i was reading it today but uh yeah like this the sort of like kind of hitting on a lot of stuff that's just in our culture right now you know of like of you know what is work like why why have we created you know, all these articles about people quitting their jobs or going to new jobs, you know, uh, like sort of unhappy with the system we've created and like thinking like, well, if we just replace ourselves with something else, then it'll work better. And then, you know, the joke being, of course, now the things we've replaced ourselves with also hate the system we've created, you know, like, so and that stupid. Well, it's this weird thing of like, yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's something that I think about a lot too, and 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 it's like this weird thing where like, what is our value? 
you know, we the only thing we value anymore is like how much money you make, what you know, what yeah. kind of car do you drive, what kind of house do you live in, what you know, it's like that is sort of like the the system we've created of, of giving people value. Mm-hmm. And it's so fucking weird and and bizarre when you kind of step back mm-hmm. and think about it for a little while of how unnatural and fucked up it is and but i mean how weird it is like for eight hours i go do this thing that like does not matter yeah (laughs) like really doesn't i don't yeah yeah. (laughs) it's like has very little consequence like sort of on a grander scheme of things i mean it feels very important as you're doing it People treat it very importantly, but it's sort of like, why am I doing this? Like, wait a and second. Reality, you know, it's like it's also sort of creating our own demise. Like, yeah. all the industry and all the, you know, it's like it, it, we're, you know, destroying the planet and, and you know, creating the, the, an un, you know, ha- habitable. Anyone, anyone who has society. ever had, anyone who has ever had to train their replacement understands <laughs> this. <laughs> Because that happens a lot. Hey, do you guys remember a kung fu? It was called Dave, and it was yeah, the the robot. Yeah, uh, this kind of reminds me a little bit of Dave, which I never finished that series. I don't know if it finished, but it kind of played along with those same themes of the the disenfranchised, um, and just kind of like unenthusiastic robots. robot. You know, <laughs> well, I just love the part where the robot comes home and just goes into the garage. <laughs> to be by himself, just leave you know? me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. Like just a classic, like unhappy dad. And I, I a robot. I don't want people to think the book is is super dark. Like it's it's got it's funny, yeah, funny and sarcastic yeah. and and it's satire. Um, and it does a great job of that. And but it's a really interesting book. I mean, it's yeah. it's if you want a dark robot, but Kill Lock got dark. Kill art got very dark, yeah, yeah but yeah. with some funny moments. Yeah, um, yeah. and then I also read crossover. Uh, I got the trade from the library, and I was reading that, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, this is also pretty good too." And sort of uh, interesting in the sense of um, like kind of similar to Kill All Robots. There's things in there that feel very sort of timely to our times as well. You know, like the the concept of the book being, you know. Uh, Denver, Colorado gets invaded by a comic book crossover event. Like real comic book characters show up and start fighting and like a bubble gets built around it and they're just all in there and people had to be evacuated. And it's just like this invasion of reality by like the uh, fictional things that we follow. Right. And like the sort of idea that, you know, these fictional characters have invaded our world and it's causing a huge problem. But, you know, that to me is less interesting than some of the stuff in the book where, you know, there's a really great scene in like the second issue where it's basically like a confrontation between like two comic book fans, uh, two people who worked at a comic book store where one sort of, you know, is like, well, they find out that um, it's not just um, superheroes that have come over from this other universe, but like just normal people that like live in the Marvel universe and live in the DC universe got sucked up in it too. But uh, we've put them in camps to like 
experiment on them and we think they might be dangerous. And like one of the characters is like, well, we have to do something about this. And the other guy's like, oh, I'm not going to like invade a government facility. Maybe they know what they're doing, you know? And it's a confrontation about like, you know, do you believe the things that you always talk about that you believe that are what superheroes are about or don't you like, uh, which was a very interesting thing, you know, like this, uh, yeah, I, I think this has come up a lot in comics where, you know, <laughs> you're talking about uh, our least favorite Superman, Dean Cain. Uh, <laughs> you know, sort of like the idea of like, okay, well, like, you know, and it's come up a lot. I, I mean, Captain America, not to delve into all the, you know, the uh, controversy about essentially nothing all the time about Captain America because it's such like a lightning rod of like, you know, people assuming they think they know what the character's about or all those things. It was just interesting to see in a comic book that's pretty much like a meta discussion of superheroes in our reality. Someone have like quite a quite literal argument about like, do you actually like believe the things that the heroes believe in that you like or don't you <laughs> or don't you? And I just thought that was a really interesting thing I to have happen in a book. Things that fit my very. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. Do you, do you actually believe in like right or wrong or like, you know, or in, or any of those things, or is that just like, inconvenient for you um so yeah it was good i liked it does this fall into the oh scott snyder wrote this oh i remember liking things that he wrote that aren't dc why you don't like donny cates huh no scott snyder no it's donny cates no donny cates wrote it oh it's donny cates where's what is it i don't know i don't know where you're getting scott snyder. oh it's a scott snyder did the uh did the poll quote sorry oh. it's donny cates yeah donny cates okay yeah. sorry it says, I, well, Scott Snyder says it's a flat out fantastic read. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing. He did a much shorter version of it than I did. I really like Donny Kate's stuff. Um, I, I think the first thing I read of his was uh, God Country. And that book kind of blew me away. I was just like, oh, wow, this guy's got a really interesting mm. voice. And uh, he wrote on that book early. Yeah. As soon as I read it, I was just like, oh, this, this kid, like, he writes with like attitude like he just you know he he Confident. has fun yeah. of just like i'm gonna make this kind of badass and awesome and he doesn't like but he also you know there's some substance to it too but he he loves to write like the big moments and right. he, he he kind of feels a little bit like mark i was Miller. gonna say he's got a little more a little bit like that yeah. but but i but i actually think he has a little bit more to say maybe than, than Mark Miller. Yeah. Um, but not, not a high bar. And I I love Mark Miller, but I don't, I don't don't go to Mark Miller comics for like commentary on the world. Right. 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 Um, but, uh, this one, I, I started reading it and I don't know, I couldn't get into it because I, I just kept thinking about this felt like something that he tried to actually get like, (laughs) Marvel and DC and Image to do a crossover together and it would have been like really awesome if he could have got yeah those companies together and do it with all the the greatest fan fiction comic yeah but it was just image characters really I mean he hints at other characters from Marvel Mm. and DC and and that kind of thing but you you know the the actual characters you get to see are only from some some image comics so it's it was it was a oh, little they have like savage dragon in there and uh you know, no he has well he has uh 
uh, what's his name? The Madman. Madman oh, is a big part of it, and uh, it's not really about the. But like Tom said, it's not really about them so much. Um, yeah, it's it's more about it's mostly about this girl who works at a comic book store, and and she's trying to uh, uh, she's trying to be a hero, you know, in this crazy world, you know, kind of thing, and and it, it deals a little bit with that, like you know, the realities of that. And, and like Tom was saying, is like, okay, are you really, is this something that you live by or is this just something that you, is convenient to kind of wear a, you know, a, a Superman t-shirt and, but not really kind of believe in anything that he stands for, yeah. you know? So it's interesting in that way, for sure. We never see that in comics. No, and I think, <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, I don't know. I mean... That's why I like the villains. They're easier to, to live by their standards. <laughs> <laughs> one of the three jokers. One of the three. Any, right. Yeah. There's three jokers. You can pick any one you want to live by. <laughs> I don't know. That yeah, I, I gotta go back and read it again. But I did I did like I think I only read the first three issues so far. Yeah. I, so. Sounds cool though. It is, it's really who, pretty. Who does art? Jeff Shaw. Jeff Shaw. Yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah, it's a very pretty book for sure. Nice. And that was the thing about the all, uh, not all robots too. Is it's Diodato who, I think he's doing more. I talked about this before. I think he his style has changed over the last few years. Yeah, like doing more digital, and I think it's actually really uh, improved his work. Like he's he it's. I like his style a lot more now than I okay. used to. Not that he was ever bad. It's a little bit more free. Yeah, it just seems like he experiments a little bit more, and he's gotten he's gotten a little. And like the panel layouts in that book are really interesting. Yeah, like just like the way like everything is set up. You know, it, there's like a, a a definite style to it that's unique. Yeah, and I think it works well in that context too because it's you know this sort of technological world that they're living in and and he gives it a mechanical feel or something to it i don't know yeah and he makes the robot like i always say gotta make those robots look different <laughs> so you can yeah. tell them apart so you can tell them apart because it's like if you had all your characters look the same if you got if a robot's gonna be a major character you better be able to tell what robot that is when they're talking <laughs> Well, this was pretty easy because it was just like yeah. he's the big red one, and then mm -hmm. the yellow one, and <laughs> no, well, they're like loved, Tonka man. toys. I, that's what I loved about Killwalk was the the character creation in that book. Yeah, you could yeah. you could no, I mean, easily brilliant. Yeah, yeah, tell the differences between them. Robot books are, you know, what I was going to say about the, uh, I don't know, there was something about the art in that book that I got a feeling of. Um, Remember top ten, the Alan Moore. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was a little bit of that feel. Yeah, to I could it. see that. Yeah, because it was realistic, but yeah. also not. You yeah. know, like the things. But it's like doing. this is your world. This yeah. is, the, and it sets it up really quickly. We're like, oh, okay, this is the world that well, this book is. Set. I mean, the opening line of the book is the opening scene is is there's two robots and a human sitting at a talk show, and it's called Talking Bot, which is. <laughs> a, Brilliant name for a robot talk show, morning show. Talking bot. And the the opening line is is something like, uh, 
you know, human elimination. Is it a good thing? <laughs> yeah, like, human obsolescence. Yeah, yeah, obsolescence. Is it a good thing? yeah, human obsolescence. Is it a good thing? And, and it's just oh, like, funny. yeah. I mean, not to necessarily go back to that book so much, but I, I, I love Mark Russell's sort of uh, the way that he makes something so ridiculous seem so plausible. Or you know what I mean? Like yeah. so mm-hmm. fictional seems so plausible. Yeah. Like he he really has, I think, a, a, a I don't know. You just hope that 20 years from now you don't look back and go, oh, wow, that was prophetic. Well, yeah, I'll be, you know, close to death at that point. So, yeah. you know, yeah. if I make it that far, I'll be lucky. Your unhappy house robot will yeah, smother you. I, they just give me a robot body, you know, just put my brain. Oh, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be fine. I'll be Salbot just walking around. With your big buff robot body. <laughs> yeah, I want a giant. <laughs> so my so my so my geeky thing, uh not comic. I mean there are comic ties to it. Space uh, Jam. New Space Jam. No, no. I I've no, I'm not gonna go see Space Jam. What? No. Well, I already saw it. I saw it. You're waiting for Space Jam three with uh yeah. Giannis. No, no, Giannis. No, no. Uh I did finish Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. You finished the game. I finished the game. Oh, how many hours is that? Too many. <laughs> Too many. And actually, no, I have not finished every like side mission. Oh, well, then you have. Well, finished. I finished the main story, and and I'm probably um, three. That that game tricks you into tr- finishing the main story, and the the son of the sons of bitches, sons of bitches. Um, once you finish the main storyline, then you can't. Like can, like most open world games, you'll finish the main storyline, and then you can go around and finish everything up and do other explorations and DLC. No, this one you end the game, and if you want to play more, it takes you back to the last save point before the point of no return. And then, oh, so you have to finish all the side missions before you, well, to, you, to really complete the right. game. You have to finish them, but you can. I mean, you can speed run through the the game and finish it without doing a ton of the extra stuff but it was it was i don't regret buying it i don't regret paying for it regret my choices um it's it's still buggy as shit like six months later yeah it's still a buggy annoying game that is a lot of fun to play yeah it's a it's a i started playing it again actually last month and played it for a couple of weeks uh, almost every day i'd play for a little while at night or every night still looks uh, beautiful yeah and i still like the game a lot but Mm -hmm. but it is always i've almost just gotten to the point where i'm like well that this is how the game is so i just work around the bugs um i've only had a couple of like major bugs where you know like it shut down or something but or i got trapped once i got trapped in like a weird free fall where I was falling. <laughs> thing. No, I've been there. And yeah. Don't drive a motorcycle off a bridge. Yeah, no, that's not, not a good, good idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's stupid shit. Like, um, to, like, complete this side mission, you have to escort this person out of this zone to safety. And it's like you kill everyone, and then this person just, like, runs to a corner and won't oh, talk to you. I had one. Like, son of a bitch. I had one like that. It was a mission. I, I had to rescue this girl from an apartment building. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, unconscious, so I have to carry her out. And then I'm supposed to bring oh, her and down. Oh, and, dro- and you dropped her off the fire. <laughs> No, and, and and she never hit the ground. She, she just was, hangs in the she air. Was suspended she just... in air. 
happened to me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I it like, took me a while to figure it out, bitch. but I figured out how to do it, like how to how to get around it. But yeah, it was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. She's just hanging there, and I'm, I'm I don't even know what happened because I jumped off the building, and the next thing I know, I'm on the ground, and she's not there. I'm like, what? What yeah. happened? Where the did she the, go? The, the net runner that you had to yeah. see. Yeah. yeah. That's, but, you know, it's so funny. As I'm sitting there and I'm complaining to myself in my mind about how this This is why happened. the robots will take over. Yeah. 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 I'm just like, look at the complexity and beauty of this game. Of course there's going to be bugs in it. This is a massive game. Yeah. It is massive. And, and for people to complain about the you know the annoyance of bugs in a game that is this well especially spectacular. when when people yeah. bitched and complained because the game wasn't coming out fast enough and then it comes out fast and it's got problems and people are like what the fuck yeah and it's like well, what do you, you gotta pick your lane yeah, yeah. you can't have well both. you know it's like to bring it back to comics it's it's like when when comics would be delayed you know like an event comic and it's supposed to come out in june and it doesn't come out until the third week of june or july and it's like, okay, well, yeah, they're trying to make it a product that's worth you know, you purchasing. Because we've all bought comics that were just like, wow, they rushed that out. You know? Yeah. So, like, this is right why answer? Vince Coletta gets a bad rap. He oh, boy. A, he was a savior <laughs> of fucking Kirby's <laughs> shitty deadline management. And got, Why are you drawing those backgrounds, Jack? He, he'd, be, he'd drop off pages of like... <laughs> Eight o'clock on a Friday night, they had to be done Monday morning. Poor Vince Coletta had to had to uh, sacrifice quality to get the work done. The words that you've never heard any other comic podcaster <laughs> say: "Poor Vince Coletta." <laughs> what about your family, Vince? Your son, as he looks out the window, as his son's kicking a ball into a soccer net by himself. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have to sacrifice. Yeah. The greater good. Kirby made this giant machine. I gotta do all these knobs and shit. <laughs> Goddamn Kirby crackle. I hate it. <laughs> Shit's a pain in the ass. <laughs> all those circles. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, speaking of anchors. Speaking of anchors. Speaking of anchors, uh a good friend of the show, Andy Parks, was posting on the good he, friend. He is a good friend of the show. I haven't I'm heard doing, I haven't heard from him in years. I'm I, I don't do a baseball. Yeah. Well, week. maybe he's a good friend of you. Yeah. I don't My know if he's good a good friend, friend, Andy Parks. There you go. Uh, he was posting um, his, um, what he's hoping to be his last inking job for the foreseeable future. He uh, teamed up with uh, his old buddy, Phil Hester, for some Green Arrow stuff. Very nice. So it's a green, green page yeah, of their work, Green right, Arrow, right back there in the corner. Right over by the giant coin. Yeah. Um, Can't see the coin. But yeah, it was awesome to see Andy inking Phil on a Green Lantern, Green Arrow story. I have not seen it yet, but I will check it out mm-hmm. because he's your good friend. My good friend, Andy Parks. I don't have I don't have any good friends. It's true. Yeah. Friends. It's because no fr- there's no friends in comics. It's true. <laughs> I'm, to- I'm, I'm, I'm full of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not all Sal's. Not all sales are evil. Just, <laughs> just this one. <laughs> yeah, um, we don't care what he says, Wayne. <laughs> um, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I. Uh, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't read. It. I, oh, I did read another book. Um, I forgot I had another book, and I can't think of the name of the book though. What the hell is the it Bible? Called? While you're looking for that, Beyond um, the Breach, the Good uh, Word, the Bible. I did read the second trade of Firepower this past week, uh, which is the Robert Kirkman, 
Chris Somney kind of their take on on Iron Fist, basically. And it's it, if you like the first trade, the second one is more of that. More of that, exactly. It was enjoy, and it's great to see Chris's art. It's I'm not going to say it's a it's a super deep and moving story, but it's fun. It's um, it's karate, kung it's, fu. It's, it's kung, kung fu. Yeah. Karate. Chris Somney. Chris Somney annoys me so much in how good of an artist, like how he pumps out amazing stuff almost effortlessly. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not effortlessly, but it just he makes it look. That he way. makes it seem like it's like simple. Which makes him so great, but it's just like God, I hate him for well, that. I, I think he's one of those one of those rare cases of he is doing what he was kind of born to do. That all that dude does, as long as I've known him, is draw. He draws on everything. If he's sitting down, he will just mindlessly like draw on things. Draw and drink coffee. Yeah. Um, I read a book called Beyond the Breach, uh, from Aftershock Comics. It's from Ed Brisson and Damian Cusiero. Cushiero, something Cusero, like that. Cusero. Cusero. Um, it's a, uh, it, it's a fun. It, it it kind of felt like an eighties Stephen, or not Stephen King. Um, Stephen King. Not. What am I thinking of? Steven Spielberg. No. Oh. It felt like a like a like a Steven Spielberg movie a little bit. It felt like an ET or like a uh, Gremlins or something like that. It had that sort of vibe, but it it, it starts off very quickly. About a woman who, um, who's evidently boyfriend cheated on her with her sister while she was comforting their mother who had cancer. But it's not a dark book. <laughs> it's, um, and she's driving. She's like, "Fuck this! I'm out of here. Fuck you both. I'm gone." And she's she's driving out to like to see the redwoods and and that's like the first page of the book and then all of a sudden her car gets attacked by interdimensional space creatures because of course it does does. and um and so like i said it's real fast like they don't explain anything to you it's just this is what's happening um and you kind of you kind of you know that was the second worst thing that happened to her that yeah right (laughs) and um it uh and then her car crashes she she is like what the fuck is going on? She has to help this one guy is getting eaten by one of these creatures, and then she finds this little girl. No, a little boy. I can't remember. It's a boy or a girl. It's a little child thing, and uh, and she basically has to try and save it, and they run off. Um, and it's it's like I said, it, it felt very much like like a Spielberg movie from from that sense. Like it was just real fast, and the action was great, and it looked awesome. The creatures looked awesome. And then you got to like the last scene of the book and I don't want to spoil it, but like then all of a sudden something sort of changes and it got really creepy all of a sudden, like the creatures, they, they do something that is changes what you thought about it at, at first. And I was like, Ooh, this is really good. Like I really like this book now. I mean, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it, Not you know, really. all the way. Yeah. I wasn't like in love with it. It was like, Oh, this is okay. And then all of a sudden, like the last couple of pages, like, Ooh, that made it more interesting, and now I, I want to see what happens next. So it was, it was a you know, it didn't, ha- it wasn't like a thinker like the Mark Russell book necessarily. It was more just sort of a straight action sort of thing. But it was really well done. It was, it was, it looked great, and and it was fun, and uh, uh, like a really great 
uh, action thing and and maybe with some you know creepier horror elements too as it as it goes along but yeah so it was i don't know it was a real cool book i dug it yeah what i love about you know kind of the the sub theme of a lot of the books that we're talking about is these are a lot of you know marvel and dc talent and they're all publishing books from publishers that i hardly even know or are like two three four years old i'll it's, tell you what cool. man there's some really good uh publishers out there now some really good mm-hmm. comics that are coming out from um from other publishers than sure. marvel and dc i i probably read more stuff from other publishers than marvel and dc you know yeah. nowadays and I, there's just and i think a lot of these guys have wised up like they're not wasting their good ideas necessarily on marvel and dc mm-hmm. it's like you know, yeah. I, why should I do that when I can make my own and then, and know, then go I, sell it yeah. and keep the rights? And I think that's um, been kind of the theme for for a few years. What I see now is that there are more and more publishers that are available for creators to, to go yeah. to. It's like you know, aftershock. It's, it's it's yeah. I don't even know who they are, but they they put out some really good books. Some good books, yeah. And like AWA, you have mm-hmm. uh, TKO um yeah there's some i mean there's there's a couple i don't even know where you get the goddamn books at but i've I've been sent some you know previews and stuff um yeah there's some some good i i genuinely i usually i will i will check out the books from other publishers first because i kind of know what i'm gonna get with marvel and dc so it's like eh, most of and i'll be honest like most of most of the stuff marvel and dc is publishing it doesn't really thrill me that much unless it's like you said like tom king book i'm gonna buy that mm-hmm. um oh you know what i did see though that's coming out is uh through the black label imprint mm. is a um uh azarello suicide squad oh. miniseries where they hunt the joker that's the mission oh, oh. joker i'm joking um, his joker um uh art I can't remember. It's not Rizzo. Ah. It's not Rizzo. Oh, it's uh, um, the Bendis uh, artist. Uh, <laughs> Maliv? It might be Maliv. Oh, oh Azarello and Maliv? Uh, let me look it up. Yeah. I. It's Azarello, so I'm Azarello doing a DC Black Label book. It's right? kind of a, an automatic buy for me. Uh, get Joker. Alex Maleev, yeah, it's Alex Maleev, and really, yeah, yeah. Wow, I would never think of teaming them up, but well, that, somebody did. Yeah, someone thought of it, and someone did it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's looks... cool. I'm I'm hot and cold with Maleev's art. It's um, this looks yeah. good though. Yeah, I mean that looks like the actually the little Sinkevich going on there, even more so than usual. It's a little more inkier than than some of the Maleev stuff. I think it makes sense. I think those two together make sense. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, he did a lot of uh, crime stuff with Bendis. Yeah, the Daredevil stuff was great. Daredevil stuff. Mm -hmm. I should have bought that page. Ah, Anyway. Well, uh, yeah. Oh, we do. Are you you out, Tom? Do you have to? uh, I have to go handle some children. Wrangle your children. are Are they outside playing soccer by themselves? Yeah, I'm looking out the window. I got a, a empty word oh, doc I of needed to be mowed really bad. I'm just like, to play soccer on. why don't you go play? 
I'm too busy writing wrestling. <laughs> I'm, too busy reading, I'm too busy busy reading wrestling RPG for a game I'll never get around to playing. <laughs> but I must understand the rules. <laughs> All right, I will talk to you guys next week. All right, man. Bucks and six. Hopefully. Hopefully. Oh, maybe seven if they have to. Ah, six yeah, and let's keep it at six. I don't want to go back to Phoenix. Let's go eight. Does that happen? Yeah, nine. All right. All right. Later, guys. See right, Tom. Bye, Tom. Now it's just us, buddy. It is. Uh, we had a question from Wayne. He said, do you guys have Chris's, Chris Somney's Daredevil Artist Edition? Uh, mm, I do not. I don't I might. I might have it. I don't know. Yeah. it's you know, We've talked about artist editions before, and we both love them. Adore them. Yeah. Have many of them. Well, you just saw where mine are. They're all sitting in a closet. Most of them are in a closet somewhere to be viewed at and cataloged once a year. Uh, I love the format. It's just I had to, once I got past my, like, tenth one, I had to start being a little bit more discerning in what I was buying. Yeah, I I agree. There's a bunch of them that I still want to get, but it is this weird thing of, like, well, am I going to spend $175 on a book that I'm going to look at every once in a while? I did see one. I'm actually really on the edge of buying the Jim Lee um really X, the X-Men one. It's just I mean it's it's, it's just yeah a, a time capsule of a time that you know I was really reading comics with that wide-eyed uh innocence that was right. kind of the end uh, Jim Lee's X-Men was the end of my innocence as a comic book <laughs> Jim fan. Lee took your innocence from Jim me. Lee took my innocence from me mm, interesting. Uh, but yeah that's I mean there's there's that's a nostalgia thing where you know I remember you know 1990 1991 as a comic fan and Jim Lee's X-Men was a huge deal and I gotcha. yeah and I is he my favorite um storyteller yes. in comics he is no, oh, no but, he's not. But, I mean he's fantastic draftsman and always has been and and you know i think he kind of helped define an era so yeah i think it, it has historical significance all right, all right. i don't trying, think I, I don't i'm think trying I to justify the 150 no i got just with myself so. joe asks have you finished monsters from uh, barry windsor smith uh, i have not joe i've been reluctant to go back as much as i enjoyed it i'm about halfway through it's like yeah that's probably where i'm at it's it's yeah. it's a um like I'm savoring. I, I'm savoring. Well, I'm not gonna lie. It's it's um, you know, emotionally that book is is uh, heavy. Yeah, and like I have to kind of be in the right mindset, or else yeah. it'll you know I'll start drinking and <laughs> looking for you know hard I, drugs. I, I, I read you know 10, 12 pages at night. You know, it's a good night. It's a really good nighttime book. It's not one that I'm gonna wake up, you know, and 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 me, and read with my a cup of coffee in the morning no yeah absolutely yeah you got yeah like i said i gotta be in the right mood for that kind of book and i, I don't know but we will we will finish we monsters will finish. and it is so good yeah so good uh wayne said that the golden micronaut the mike i guess that's michael golden micronauts, golden micronauts. Is well, of course it is. i've uh i've never been that big of a michael golden fan really yeah i he is one of those guys where he has that sort of legendary status, and I've always kind of been like, mm, I don't, I don't know that I'm a big fan that he has the. This is weird to say. Um, Michael Golden was fantastic for a lot of the stuff that he did. Uh, I would not put him in the comic book creator hall of fame. 
but I think a lot of people like he had, a, he, had, he had a couple all. He's in the seasons. he's in the hall of very good. He's in the hall of pretty good. I think he had he he uh, he had some all star seasons. I you know I was thinking about that because we've always often talked about this subject is uh, Paul Canerco. I I have rethought my my stance on. I think Paul Canerco deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. No, he he might. I think the so idea I, of I, I the five hundred home runs is what used to put you in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. That is going to change into four hundred home runs. No, I think it's going to change to 600. No, games. not at all. People are not going to have the careers where they, they're not going to play that long where they, they hit that many home runs. I disagree. All right. We'll I, see. No, we'll I, see. Yeah, I think, the, I think on the other side, I think that the um, pitching stats are going to change. Well, you, I don't think we'll ever see a 300-game winner again in our lifetime. Yeah, probably not. But we may see someone record 5,000 strikeouts. Yeah, and, and it's like Canerco. I think Canerco absolutely should have his number retired by the by the White Sox because he was he fame. was he was. The, I think you're going to see a bunch of guys get into the Hall of Fame in the next ten years that have less home runs than he does. Yeah, yeah, it depends on by position. Like Ted Simmons gets inducted this year. I think that was a good call. I think so, I think you're going to I think I think he got caught in the middle of a transitional period in baseball. He where, was a clean player in the steroid era. And he hit 423 home runs. Did he hit 423 yeah. home runs? Really? No, I did not Something know like that. that. I think I it's four, I think that. it's 423. Um okay, so you know my my favorite baseball current baseball player um is is Molina a first ballot Hall of Famer? 439 home runs. 430. That's that's Hall of Fame, baby. That's what I'm saying. When he retired, it wasn't. But today, that's Hall of Fame. 439 home runs. I think he's he might be the definition of a Hall of Pretty Good. <laughs> he might be. He might be. I don't the, know, the, man. In, in the dictionary. Who's going to hit 500 home runs? Who's? Uh, I mean, a lot of people. Active home run. Uh, is it going to be? You don't think that Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to end up? With I don't know that he's going to. No, I don't know that he will play long enough to hit that many home runs. Pete Alonso. I I don't know that these guys are going to play. Thirteen years anymore. I don't know uh, that guys are going to play that long anymore. Yeah, I think those. I think those guys are still out there. Active active home run hitters. Welcome to Around Baseball, everyone. Albert Pujols, 675. Is he well, still Pujol, active? Yeah, I mean, it's Pujols is going to fall short of that 700. Robinson Cano is at 334. Yeah. Giancarlo Stanton is at 327. Is he going to hit another 100 home runs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is so, he? Yeah, Stanton's not that old. Uh, maybe Stanton. Right. Stan. Evan Longario. Mike Trout's at 310. Yeah. My, Mike Trout's going to have 600 home runs, dude. Okay, Trout will, but Manny Machado. Anthony Rizzo is he going to hit five hundred? No, no fucking no, way. But I mean, it, is Bryce Harper probably? But I'm telling you, you're going to have a bunch of dudes. Todd Frazier has 218 home runs. Yeah, he's not going to hit 500 home runs. No, Will Todd, he be in Todd the Frazier's home? at the end of his career? But he'll I, be. I still, I still think that five five hundred is the number. I don't think and that's it is what they There's a lot of people that have 500 home runs that are not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think Paulie should be. Yeah, I whatever. I, we will see 500 home run batters way before we see 300 game winners. So there you go. There's around baseball. Around baseball. Mm-hmm. We, we have opinions. All right. Well, um, 
We have to go watch the uh, Milwaukee Bucks win no, the uh, the have. NBA championship. We don't have to. Yeah, we do. I mean, that's I why I came. Down I don't here. give a shit. I was prom- I was promised pizza. You got pizza and basketball. All right, fine. It's been fun. We'll just, we'll just let our our listeners. I think our... I'm going to drive down every week oh, now. For God's sake, no, you're not. It's not that far. It's no. like an hour, no. an hour and a half. <laughs> no. I come to every Tuesday. I come in, you get no. pizza for me. No, I'm not buying oh. you pizza every Tuesday. Hey, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna drive three hours, I didn't round ask trip, you to. You're not even you're not even going to have pizza for a three hour round trip drive. No. What kind of a friend are you? A bad one. <laughs> you should know that by now. <laughs> No, this right. was this was this was a lot of fun. So I, I hope people enjoyed it. Uh, once again, uh, if you want to check out more around comic stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash around comics. Bonus. Uh, Sal and I start this is uh, starting a, uh, uh, a a couple week string of special guests on our AC Patreon content. We're gonna have our good friend Will Pfeiffer. Will Pfeiffer. Will Pfeiffer is the uh, I'm actually the third wheel on that. Yeah, you're, there's not going to be a lot of room for you to talk. No, I'm just, I'm just warning I'm, you now. I'm, I'm directing traffic and will mostly nod and, and look pretty. Uh, but we start uh, K-Billy Super Sounds this week. Uh, we're starting with Reservoir Dogs. That will be available on the regular around comic. I got to watch it. Oh, I've, I've watched it. Uh, I, have to watch I mean, I've seen it stuff. five times, yeah. but at least. Everyone dies. Um, do they? That's a, actually do, a question. Or, or do they? Does. Um, uh, so we'll be starting with Reservoir Dogs this week, and yes. uh, every month we'll have a new Tarantino movie. And we're 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 doing the deep dives, so you're going to get the Tarantino screenplays as well as the written and directed. We're gonna ones. we're gonna act them out. We're gonna take the screenplays. We're gonna do a table read where <laughs> we each play like seven characters, and I do Sam is, Jackson. We we do we do have. I'm going to institute the hard rule that our our discussions will not run longer than the runtime of the movies. I can't promise I'm that. I'm putting a hard stop Listen, on if it. you have I'm to go. a hard stop on it. I, if you have to go, you know, at, at three hours. <laughs> I'll come back like two hours later and you guys will be like talking about like Dr. Zhivago and its influence on Tarantino. Oh, it's, you have no it's, idea. It's going to. it's Dude, gonna... I've watched seven. I've watched like seven to ten episodes of 1950s western tv of course show you have. of course you have i've been watching wanted dead or alive my i think my well that sal what are you doing i'm watching bonanza yeah, I'm watching, Go away. no not, not, <laughs> no bonanza suck no wanted dead or alive and uh um the the other one was uh that i actually like a lot is is have gun will travel <laughs> that's a great one yeah it's a really good one and um and the what's the third one there's a third one i've been watching too i can't think of the name of it off the top of my head but yeah, I've been watching all sorts of crazy shit. Japanese movies and black and white films and all sorts of good I stuff. I love the... Uh, so I've been listening to... I'm doing the audiobook for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I love the almost like... Half- John Buscemi is Mr. Pink. Yeah, John... Yeah. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Not John Buscemi. Uh, you were thinking... John Buscemi. That's what I was thinking. John Buscemi, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's like a half a chapter almost dedicated to explaining Cliff's really kind of um a passionate love of kurosawa but where kurosawa lost him yeah, yeah. and it's and it's 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 so tarantino and oh, just, yeah i mean I, it's so yeah good. the whole book is yeah. i mean it's sort of a a deep dive into his way of thinking and you really kind of start to understand for me i i started to sort of understand a little bit more 
um, about like the way that he goes about writing a movie or, or writing his characters. And what I love is that the novel is not the movie, right? It's, I mean, it is, but it is, but it's, it's a novelization and the movie is his adaptation of his own novel. And it's a fascinating way to look at, at movie making that adapts novels to film, but you have the same, the same, creative mind behind making those changes and adjustments to make it work for a film. Well, we gotta save all this for the podcast. It's so, it's so good. You're, you're Tarantinoing so this podcast. I did. I'm Tarantinoing th- this podcast. Okay. <laughs> so we've got that. Tom's got other stuff. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Uh, once again, reach out to the show. Uh, Wayne and Joe, who were who were commenting tonight, we appreciate your comments. Yeah, always. great. Always love the interaction. Uh, we love doing it. And an um, did, yeah. I have an, did I have an email? Do we have an email? I, I want to say. Let's I check. Might have. What you can email us at what info at aroundcomics.com. Info at around comics. Uh, I want to say I had an email, but maybe I didn't. Maybe it was a bullshit email. Might have been a bullshit. Email. Yeah, I guess I did not have an email. Ah. Uh, Never mind. Never okay. mind. No okay. email. So no, no email. Who sends emails anymore? Yeah, exactly. Whenever you can just. Uh, oh, Joe says Steve McQueen and Richard Boone. Steve McQueen wanted that are alive. Richard Boone was a paladin and have gun will travel. And then the other show, which is, um, the one. Well, wanted that are alive. He said is the closest one to Lancer. But, oh, okay. But the actor. Which I didn't realize the actor who Stephen Oliphant plays mm-hmm. is a real person, Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. Boy, you're having trouble oh, with the first yeah. names tonight. He, that's a real guy, and he who was played Lancer, or he didn't play Lancer. He, he, he yeah, played he, in the, a Western show. Yeah, that Lancer was, but then based on like had a really bizarre life after that. And which I didn't realize until reading the book, and then I I uh, realized he was a real person. Like okay. that's a real that he he. Uh... What I love about that book, and once again, we're going to sign off in a second. Yeah. But I have to, it's I love that he did the entire backstory of Lancer as if it were a real story. He wrote fifteen episodes of Lancer. Are you? Fucking no, kidding me? he wrote fifteen fucking episodes before he wrote the movie. <laughs> He wrote 15 episodes of Lancer. <laughs> he's, a, he's a crazy person. He is, <laughs> he is a crazy person. He might be. It's, oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. He wrote 15 episodes of Lancer. Yeah, that's like the like the Tolkien Because he loved where, it. He yeah, where fucking... it's like, I created a language yeah. <laughs> before yeah. I wrote this novel. He wanted, he, yeah, he loved it. He's like, he just fell in love with it so much that he. Oh, that's uh, amazing. James Stacy. So James Stacy yeah. is a real person. He's a real actor. Ah, okay. Um, okay. And I didn't realize that he was playing the guy. And then, yes, James Stacy has a dark uh, oh, history yeah. um, after this sort of. But he played. Uh, oh, he did play Lancer. I'm sorry, Lancer was. Lancer was a real show. Okay, that's right. Lancer was a real show. Um, did Tarantino write? Is, is this fan? Did he write? He wrote. Fan yeah, he wrote fan. No. <laughs> He didn't write Lancer. He wrote the the show that mm-hmm. uh, DiCaprio's character is in before Lancer. His own show. Oh, um, um, Bounty Law. Bounty Law. He wrote fifteen episodes of Bounty oh, that's Law. Hilarious. That's hilarious. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, so that's... Bounty Law is uh-huh. based on Wanted Dead or Alive. Okay. But he wrote like twelve or fifteen ep- real episodes of Bounty Law, 
before he wrote Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. But Lancer was a real show that DiCaprio's character, who is fictional, mm -hmm. Cliff Booth. No, yeah. not Cliff. No, Booth. he was uh, 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 Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton is Remember, not a real. You're Rick fucking, you're Rick Dalton. fucking Dalton. Don't forget it. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. So it's, this I, is why I, this I, is going to oh, be so oh, fun. Oh, okay. So anyway, yeah. more of that coming yes. up if you're a Tarantino nerd like like we are. Um, uh, tune in and let us know what you think, and we're gonna we're gonna do it. So okay, uh, yeah. Well, we're gonna do that this week. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, we're gonna be everywhere in and around, around comics. comics and video games and Tarantino movies. Everywhere and around.